Now, now I'm ready. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your hosts, Kurt and Dylan. And my God, do we have a lot to talk about. This is probably one of the first times that we've had more news stories than we have time for a podcast. Yeah, we went like two months of absolutely nothing and then pure unadulterated anarchy for the past two weeks. Oh, it's like the floodgates just opened. I was just looking back. We had January 10th, Gunther Steiner was announced that he was leaving Haas. Then a week and a half later, Andretti gets their bid rejected. A day later, uh, Lewis Hamilton announces that he's leaving uh, Mercedes and completely shocks the entire world. Now we got Christian Horner under investigation. It's just like, it's madness at this point. It, it All is while having madness. livery launches and it just yeah you know, it's i will awesome. say i will say that i'm glad all this other stuff is going on because i've been pretty underwhelmed by most of these liveries that have come out there at the stake f1 the stake well it's not stake anymore the kick f1 the sauber one that was pretty cool it was i think that one's cool because it's different like yeah. it's something that we're not used to all the other ones are just like mild adaptations of last year's it's like they're they're slowly removing more and more color and yep. they're just becoming carbon fiber at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Man, so today, though, we've got... Today, we're going to get into... Obviously, we have to talk about this Christian Horner investigation. Yeah. Because this is... Potentially could be massive, depending on what goes on. Um, very little information, but from what we have, we, we will go into that. Also, Andretti. Andretti released a couple responses to the Formula One uh, rejection that they got. And they've got some pretty good points, so we're going to get into that. And also, we got a new sprint format, uh, which is something partly that I know you were asking for, at least part of it. Um, I don't know how I feel about it all, but we'll get into that. I say, man, we got to jump right in and talk about this Christian Horner thing. because this First is, and foremost, for sure. <laughs> this is big. Um, so basically, the other day it comes out that very vaguely that Christian Horner is under investigation. And I like the wording because it called it uh, cross-border talk, which is just, yeah. <laughs> it's like pompish British way of saying, uh, basically, he crossed the line. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so a lot of the news reports from there, I don't know where they get it from, but a lot then come out and say that he was, you know, being inappropriate, potentially making remarks towards a female staffer. And then other ones are saying he's sending lewd pictures to a female staffer. You see, it's funny because I saw those early on, but as this is kind of drug out over a couple of days, I've seen less of it being sexual of nature and more of it being he's an asshole. Right. And the one way the that, other, and that one I believe a whole lot more than I mean, the lewd stuff is easy to just go to immediately, and maybe that is the case. I don't know. There's not been much released at all, but I totally. Christian Horner is an asshole. We've all talked about that. He's not exactly anybody's favorite uh, team principal, and he is very aggressive, and I could see him dressing some people down pretty hard and that being taken the wrong direction. I hope that's what it is. Yeah, I, yeah me too. Because I, I, like you said, I could definitely see that. Maybe it's like a young intern, and they're not used to being spoken to that way, and Christian Horner is just dropping F-bombs and He's a really scary man, <laughs> so yeah. I could imagine he could definitely hurt some feelings pretty easily. But you know, apparently there is um, 
what is it a hearing going on on yep. Friday is the latest news. So we'll kind of we'll see what comes out from that. But I want to go over uh, the statement that was put out. And so uh, the first statement was that after being and this is from Red Bull. And this is actually what's important here is it's not from Red Bull Racing. It's from Red Bull, the parent company. Who launched the investigation and had a third party come in to do the investigation. Not RBR, but Red Bull, the parent. I think that was, I just thought about that too. It's like, that's important yep. to bring And up. so that kind of in itself kind of leads me to believe it might be a little bit more than just he's a mean man because they're wanting to get ahead of this and kind of separate themselves by having a third party come in and investigate it. So, I mean, if it comes out, it might wind up being pretty damning. But uh, so the statement they said was after being made aware of certain recent allegations, the company launched an independent investigation. Uh, the process, which is already underway, is being carried out by an external specialist barrister. The company takes these matters extremely seriously, and the investigation will be completed as soon as practically possible. It would not be appropriate to comment further at this time, and they have not said shit since then. Yeah, nobody. And has. so it's just been all speculation. It's been um, like Apple release lockdown. Yeah. It like it, which is wild. Normally nothing is tight-lipped in this community, but this has been completely tight-lipped. And I really like I don't I don't have what he said up here now, uh but when James Vowles was asked about it and he was just very eloquently just it was a, a very As good per. Exactly. Like this man is so well spoken, but just very well uh, spoken and deflected it and just basically moved on he was not buying into that reporter's crap he was not about to slander anybody uh but he had a good you know good interview on that james vows has got to be the mo the my favorite team principal out there right now he's awesome and the way he speaks and the the little reels he does is awesome yeah i feel um I feel like everything he says is 100% factual. I, I don't care. Yes. It could be a complete lie. Just the way he says it, I'll believe him. <laughs> yep. It'll be really interesting. I really hope this isn't how Christian Horner goes out. Like I said, he's not exactly everybody's favorite. He is not a uh, glowing personality and, and well-spoken in the way that James Vowles is. But I do really like him as a principal. He's been very successful. Um, and I don't really want to see him go out this way and they better release the, I want the, if they just like just had this thought, so I, I, I deal with it live. Um, they better release the investigation, what the results of it and the findings are, because if they just like, no, we're not releasing this and fire him. I'm going to be pissed. I want to know what happened. Yeah. It's like, Oh, he's gone. Or the other side, if they're like, everything's solved. It's like, well, what was it? I want to know what it was yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. You got like, to tell us. <laughs> Man, can you imagine? I was just thinking about this. The producers of Drive to Survive are salivating right now. They're like salivating. scrambling, filming, all kind of crap. This this offseason could be its own season or its own spinoff <laughs> of Drive to it's Survive. It's only been like three weeks. <laughs> like. They, they were packing everything up. They're like, oh, we're done. Let's just edit this season. And now all of a sudden, all this pops out. Yeah, it's 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 wild. All right. So moving on to the next drive to survive moment, Andretti. Yes. Mario Andretti or Michael Andretti and Andretti Motorsport, Andretti Cadillac. So we all when this came out, Formula One had all these reasons that they started laying out like, hey, we don't want them because of this, 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 this. And Andretti at first just issued a statement saying they didn't agree with it. 
Well, a couple of days later, they came back with more statements where they had time to look at everything and then respond. And I thought some of these are pretty interesting. So the yeah, first one was how Formula One said that they issued um, an invitation for Andretti to come for a face-to-face meeting, and there was no response. And so on the surface, you're like, that's not good. Why wouldn't you go to the meeting? Well, Andretti did not take that quietly. <laughs> So Andretti came out and said, we were not aware that the offer of a meeting had been extended and would not decline a meeting with Formula One management. An in-person meeting to discuss commercial matters would be would be and remains of paramount importance to Andretti Cadillac. We welcome the opportunity to meet with Formula One management and have written to written them confirming our interest. Then after that, it came out that the email came from an F1 employee, not Stefano, uh, Stefano Domenicali. And it went to their spam folder. And so <laughs> they, and there was no follow-up, no follow-up email, no phone calls, no nothing. They're like, hey, intern, send this email to Andretti and ask them to come. Probably knowing that it would get, you know, rolled over. Yes. If it comes from Dominicali or something, you're going to respond. And so it just got, you know, swept under the rug into the spam folder. They had no idea. So they came out and said, for one, they rebu- uh, rebuted that and said that we want to do the interview or the, the meeting. Yeah. The second part that was interesting was where Formula One called them a novice constructor and said that uh, the fact that the applicant proposes to essentially build a 2025 car, then turn around and build a 2026 car. Uh, and it gave them reason. What they say? Gives us reason to question their understanding of the scope of the challenge involved. Basically saying, like, you guys have no idea what you're getting into. Yeah. You're a novice constructor. You're brand new. New kids on the block. You don't know how uh, how challenging this is. Well, Andretti took uh, offense to that one as well. You got the, As they should. Very much so, yeah. So Andretti is kind of world-renowned, especially here in the States. They won in multiple different series. A couple days before this, they won a Formula E race, beating teams like McLaren that are also in formula one uh but and on top of that most of the people that they have working on their formula one program are former formula one employees they've worked on different teams before so they have the experience but they're basically saying that we started this so long ago they started it in yeah. march of 2023 a decision from the fia wasn't made until october then formula one took four months after october to come out with their findings so like we started this almost a year ago, which is for one plenty of time. But since it's gone on for so long, we assume that we're just working on a 2026 project. And now all of a sudden you're saying that it's 2025. Well, and that was the thing he came out with as well is that he was like, he was like, this process is so long and arduous that like, hey, that was an original paperwork. It said 25. We're way past that. We've made it clear that we only want to be in this on 2026, not 2025. Like, but the the paperwork is ridiculous, which I can only imagine. Yeah, it's like everything else. It it everybody's dragging their feet. It's taking a long time, and it's not you know it's it's really not a good look at this point. I think it kind of shows the rift between, especially uh, Ben Sulaim and Dominicali, who are the two heads mm-hmm. of Formula One and FIA. Um, and it's just driving that that stake in between them a little bit more. 
Uh, but it's interesting to me how much they don't want Andretti on the like. It feels at this point like it's almost a personal beef rather than a professional one. Like, what's I thought Andretti had a great response to kind of call out the bullshit in their findings and be like, yo, this is it's kind of highlighting to me, at least that it feels a little bit more personal yeah. than professional. Very much so. And I've seen some other people comments on that. Uh, and it kind of made sense because. It's like Formula One released such a long pointed statement, like they were already covering their bases uh, in case mm -hmm. this went to court somewhere. But it does show like there has been issues in the past where certain team principals or team bosses have been very critical of Andretti coming in. They keep bringing up whether it's the anti-dilution fund or logistics or whatever the case may be. It looks like they're trying to find any reason to deny them instead of trying to find a reason to accept them and bring them in. And like you said, I, I think yeah. it is. It's very personal at this point. Um, the last part that I, I thought was interesting was how Formula One stated that logistically accommodating an 11th team in the paddock would place an operational burden on race promoters is what they said. The paddocks haven't changed in years. You should have known this before you even opened it up for these teams to come in. Well, and by regulation for these, because they went over it for Vegas, they have to be able to accommodate something like 13 teams. Like, Sure, maybe Monaco and some of the ones that have temporary paddocks that they throw up or for the amount of teams for that season. But if you have a permanent paddock structure, it's for more than 10 teams. Yeah. So it's like, what a, what, but uh, that's kind of a bullshit one. Yeah. Like that's probably one of the easiest ones to, to overcome. But I mean, if that, if you're going to call that as one of the reasons, then why did you open this up to begin with? You had all these teams submitting applications, spending on, and some of them millions of dollars to get to this point. And for you to be like, oh, we can't fit you guys. It's like, well, you shouldn't have invited yeah. us then. Yeah. You didn't, there should be no invite and there shouldn't be no option for another team to come. Exactly. In. And actually, I do got one more that I found was pretty interesting and, and kind of funny was they mentioned that. Uh, if Andretti came in or for an 11th team to come in, they would want them or they would almost expect them to come in and be uh, fighting for podiums. Yeah. A brand new team, you expect a brand new team to be fighting for podiums their first year. And that's your qualification. If you don't see them fighting for podiums, you're not going to allow them the to be The top in. four teams aren't even fighting for the podiums half the time. It's just Red Bull and a straggler. Right. right. According to what you just <laughs> said. Nine teams need to be recycled and wiped out of, <laughs> out of here. It's it's almost laughable. The more times or the more time that passes and you get to go back and actually read through it, you can tell, like you said, it is 100% personal. They don't want Andretti to be there. Yeah. And I have become the biggest Andretti fan now. I want them to come in. I want them to be just the dark Such a horse. typical American thing, uh, it too. Is, like, right? oh, you don't like them? I like them more now. <laughs> it definitely is. I want them to come in and just be the bad boys of Formula One and just wreck. Giant red, white, and blue flag going down the side of the car. Just wreak havoc on everybody else. I would love that, and I hope it happens. I want to get an Andretti t-shirt, but I've been trying to find them, and they don't have Andretti F1 merch yet, which they need to get. They need to get going. We'll sponsor, or you can sponsor us. We'll wear them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we're going to be sponsoring a Formula One team, but we could be the official podcast of Andretti Formula One team. <laughs> there you go. We're just throwing ideas out there. We're open, you know. Oh, man. Um, so 
Yeah, it'll be really interesting what happens with them. I don't think we've heard anywhere near the end of this. No, it's going to keep going. Oh, sprint format, man. We got some changes, some actual changes to the sprint format, which I, you know, this is the third iteration of the sprint races, and they've changed the format a couple different times, and I don't know if there's going to be a perfect solution. Every time they make a change, I'm like, well, this works, but it's also not the best. I'm happy to see iteration. I'm happy to see that they're not just saying, well, here it is. Deal with it. Yeah. They are listening and trying to fix it. But as you said, I don't know that there is a good one. I don't know. This isn't this one. I think might be better. We'll see an actual application, but not my favorite. Yep. So we're still having six races, six sprint races this year. We got one in China, Miami, the Austrian GP. Uh, U.S. Grand Prix, Sao Paulo, and Qatar are going to be our six sprint races. Um, and the changes. So essentially, the big change is they flopped uh, Grand Prix qualifying and the sprint itself. So we're going to do free practice and sprint quality on Friday, sprint shootout. And then Saturday morning, we'll start with the sprint race. Saturday evening will be Grand Prix quality. Sunday, Grand Prix race. Um, so basically just flip-flopped saturday um couple other changes while we're at it just to just to throw them out there um drs activation will be one lap earlier now instead of on lap three it'll be on lap two for gp and then for sprints instead of lap two to be lap one um two laps after the start of the race or the restart following a safety car so it won't be three laps it'll be two laps so that's one other difference and they up the power unit allocation from three to four per driver uh those are all the big difference that big changes that came out but back to the sprint format i don't know it'll be interesting to see i think my biggest beef is park Ferme. yeah and so i mean again last year i said i liked that they only get one free practice one practice session because it's like all the beans all the marbles you get one chance go out there get your setup right and so for this on friday you still get the one practice and then your sprint quality but what i do like is after your sprint race on saturday morning they're saying that you will be able to the cars will no longer be in park Ferme. you'll be able to change setup on your car to get yep. ready for your gp your gp quality the only issue i see with this one is you have the sprint race saturday if you really bang up your car, there's a potential you're not going to make it to that GP quality. I wonder how much time they're putting in between. Is it going to be like going from a regular FP3 to the regular GP quality on a regular weekend? Or is it going to be that much time? Uh, because, I mean, like I said, if you really bang up that car, you might not make it to your GP quality, which I guess kind of adds into the jeopardy of the weekend, of a sprint weekend. It does. Um, and I think, like to the to continue that point i worry like driver you you remember the qatar race how exhausted everybody was um after last year with the heat and everything like i wonder getting up first thing doing a full sprint race being amped up adrenaline whole nine yards going through all that and then having to come back out and do a grand prix qualifying like i don't it'll be interesting to see yeah it will be and, you know, who knows? Maybe next year we'll get another change again as they try to continue to make it as perfect as possible. But I do like that it kind of gets rid of the park Ferme issues. So yeah. at least that's a, a benefit from this. Um, but as with everything else, and we'll it might make the racing more gooder because the, you know, generally once everyone does the sprint, you kind of know 
what's going to happen in the race. Like, yeah. and a couple of those, you know, Mercedes in particular, like, well, we did not set the car up right. We're screwed. Um, a couple of them guys went out of park for me and started from the pit lane. Like, um, so it might be nice for some of those cars that are struggling to go out and do a sprint race and go, oof, we did not get the setup perfect. We can tweak it and maybe it'll make Grand Prix Sunday a little more fun. I don't know. Yep. All right, man. That's uh about half of the stories we have right now. <laughs> not even touching liveries or anything else. So we've already had what three cars come out. We've had the uh Williams, the steak, and the Alpine livery come out. Uh, we're going to give it a little bit because we've got, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. So Thursday, we have the Visa Cash App RB uh, livery coming out. It still can't. It should be something new. Name. Should be, you know, th- looking forward to that one. I, it looked from all of their press releases, it looks like it might go back to kind of that bright Toro Rosso blue, uh, which will be pretty cool. And then it looks like Monday, we've got the Aston Martin uh, release as well. So we'll come back next week and we'll talk about all the liveries that have come out so far uh, in addition to who we think is going to be replacing Sir Lewis Hamilton over there at Mercedes, uh, which I'm excited for that one. Yeah, Um, me as well. But hey, if you like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. And uh, I don't have anything else, Dylan. You got anything? That's all I got. All right. Well, on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.